Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So, the Open is over. What did coach John Singleton think of it and why was the one rep max thruster so important to the Europeans? Let's find out. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. kind of glad that the Open is finished because I'm not very good at that sort of stuff. But how has it been for you, John? I've always enjoyed the Open. Like in terms of, for myself, like just being able to push that little bit and, uh, and test. And I, it's been so many years. I did the first ever Open and my results have probably gone downhill from uh, from, uh, <laughs> from workout one. But, you know, I like the opportunity. I'm also happy it's only three weeks because the five-week Open was... Uh, it was a challenge, five weeks. Like, it's a long time uh, to be competing each week. So it's nice short, having a shorter period. And I think, like, gym members liked it. The athletes liked it. It's not um, as pressure-orientated for the online competition. So it's so all in all good. What did you think about the programming? Um, so I think that the, I think the test was very good. I think that it was, you know, kind of aggressive in the sense of we got used – for a few years now, the open being, and when I say aggressive, it's more kind of the complexity of movements. You go through like ring muscle ups, lots of toes to bars, strict hands to push ups, kind of coupled with all with heavy weights. Mm. Um, you know, we had one arm thrusters, like snatches at 170 kilos, barbell, like relatively heavy barbell cycling throughout. So it was like a complete test, something that we had become a bit more accustomed at quarters. I don't necessarily think it's um, a bad thing as such. I think that you know the positive is you get to see lots of data points from athletes because these were full tests, you know, complete tests. Like, so you kind of get to see where the athletes are. I think the tough thing was for affiliate owners, you know, because there's a lot of complexity in setting everything up, multiple rowers, wall walk stations, whatever mm. that may be. But I think, you know, one thing we've seen over the community is that what the CrossFit community does is rise to the challenge, you know, so, so, you know, no matter what gets thrown at the CrossFit community, they, you know, they tend to rise to that challenge. And, you know, I think this, this open was another example of that. I mean, the, the announcement 23.1 did raise mm. a few eyebrows because it was straight in there with the ring muscle ups. And yes. I think that we would normally expect to see at least the first open workout to be something that was kind of accessible in inverted commas to everybody. Whereas actually that was straight in there with no messing around. Let's go for the, the top spot. And um, I asked, I sent a message to CrossFit HQ and asked mm. them, um, did they think that that was going to stop the participation mm. or to reduce the participation? And Adrian Bosman wrote back to me <laughs> via the PR people and, um, and said that, he didn't think that was the case and that there were still lots of options for scaling. And it turns out that actually participation was up this year on previous years. Yeah, it's still not at its all-time high. No. And I think it's an interesting question. Though. Like Obviously, they kind of set the boundaries and where things go. My guess would be that if it was more accessible, maybe more people would have signed up. But I don't know that. You know, I don't necessarily have access to the same data that they have and what's happening. But you would kind of think, I think one thing we tend to see is a lot of people like being able to complete something. 
So, you know, like even though Spartan's challenging or uh, although scaled is there, mm. you, you know, like for the sake of like, as an example in the gym, like lots of people will choose to do an RX workout with one double under rather than the scaled workout because they can do RX. So there's a certain pride in doing RX. It comes down to community. the points though, doesn't it? Because they, the RX you get, even if you've got one rep RX, exactly, yes. you get more points, which is, hmm, I don't know if that's really fair. No, I agree. So it's a tough, so this is where this kind of like, it becomes a bit gray area and a bit messy. And that's why it was a risky move mm. because it's, you know, well, so you have like, burpees and wall balls you know every gym every person can do well not every person can do but it's a lot more accessible say than some of the other movements yeah so you know so honestly i don't know if if like a simple workout would have increased participation or not my kind of hunch was it would have mm. um because everyone kind of throws down does our does the same thing but and as you say the one thing we've kind of seen is this like progression over the season and um and where that progression goes is going to be very interesting you know does it does it ironically go from relatively complex to relatively simple you know does the test become more simple does it become more challenging you know where you go to like movements we haven't seen in years like you know whatever whatever that may be so it leaves a lot of questions because the you know if you hadn't included ring muscle ups you hadn't included strict handstand push-ups you hadn't included heavy barbell the progressions are easier to see. Whereas now you don't have that clear visibility. You go, okay, well, there's probably going to be some form of ring muscle now because we've not seen that at all. We're going to see a heavy barbell because we've not seen that. Whereas actually already we've touched base on so many things. Is it um, is it a good idea for everybody to kind of go all out on the open these days? Or is it still, I mean, like sometimes, I don't, it wasn't so long ago, it was a big, big deal to win the open. And mm. last year I got the feeling that athletes weren't trying so hard to to do, like show their best. Yeah, so they're, they're not, you know, the top athletes aren't, you know, they're, they're not phased by the Open. This being said, you know, these athletes are more used to completing multiple workouts a day. So them going through one, you know, whatever the time frame is, 15-minute AMRAP in a day and pushing hard. You know, they might push harder than they would normally in the training, but it's not going to take too much away from them. And, you know... There is still prestige in winning the Open, mm. but there's not necessarily prestige in from second all the way down as long as you make your 10% cut, you know. So we had Mal O'Brien now and Jeffrey Adler win. And they get like, I think they get like, I think each year it goes up. I think this year they win like $23,000 or something. That's not too shabby. Not too shabby for like, you know, 15 minutes of work or well, 40 minutes of work, whatever it equates to. And there is prestige in winning the Open, you know. It's like winning the Open is not easy. Mm. And you're a pretty legit athlete if you can win the Open. So it does, like, give you a pat on the back. So 100% for Mal and Jeffrey, it's like uh, another kind of, you know, title. Of, to win an Open is is something that the best athletes have done. You know, Tier always won. Matt won. You know, there's, so there's a lot, like a long lineage of some of the best athletes in the sport who've started by winning the Open. It also... Um give some maybe lesser known athletes the opportunity to get known as well mm. if they shine in a particular event or they do something extraordinary. Yeah. And you know, like everyone everyone has a workout that they like more than others. Um they see you come up, like, I'm gonna attack this. So all the way, you know, from your gym to your you know, I I didn't realise how many competitors I had around me. Mm. But lots of people wanted to beat me. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm getting text messages. People are repeating workouts to try and How did you do? beat my score. 
I think I did well. I was surprised. I was like, okay, you know, I had a little goal in my my head of making the uh, top ten percent in uh, in thirty five to thirty nine because I'm in the, that masters category now, and I failed miserably. And ironically, oh. I I finished higher in the normal ranking percentile wise than in the thirty five to thirty nine. So actually, it was harder in the thirty five to thirty nine to make top ten percent than it was in the general. Because of the amount of participants, presumably. Mm. But yeah, so it's quite ironic that it's harder in 35 to 39 than, than in uh, normal. So, uh, but are you top dog in your gym? No, I finished second. Sammy, Sammy took the, uh, oh, the right. title. Okay, well, well done, Sam. <laughs> when we looked at the first open workout compared to the actual results overall, there were a lot of Europeans in the first, uh, like in the top 10. Yeah. And, it's, and that has changed dramatically in the second and third. Yeah, you're completely What's right. happened there? And I'm a bit worried about the podcast. But it's the thruster. It's the thruster. It's the thruster, yeah. That's, that's what skewed. So, so, so last year, Mal won the open. Sorry, Mal tier, but top of the open, with like four and five points. Mm. They won the open mm. by tier one, Mal came second. This year, Mal has like a hundred and something points. So she won or came second in the open last year with like five points. Now has like 120 points. And that's obviously a huge, crazy difference. And the reason is the thruster. So the weights that people move, it's just phenomenal. Like for a guy in 121 kilos puts you like 2,000 in the world. And that's a significant weight. Uh, girls, like Sarah, for example, clustered 80 kilos. And that put her like 2,000 in the world. So it's just people move phenomenal amounts of weight who do CrossFit. Um, and they might not be the best CrossFitters, but they're freaking strong. And so it, the 1RM lifts within such a broad spectrum really skew the the leaderboard. Mm. Um, and that happened in such a way that it kind of threw all the Europeans out outside of that. So are we all wimps then, Europeans? We, we're definitely not as strong as a general base compared to the Americans, no. Why? There's been various theories. I think probably the best theory is that um, they have a background in more explosive sports and strength training. So, you know, a lot of Europeans play what we call football be it soccer mm. so you know if you compare soccer to american football very different types of training sports they're used to weight rooms they were used to like classic strength and conditioning training whereas in in europe we're more used to kind of like you know get out on a football field and run and and so they just i do wonder if that legacy transfers a little bit to kind of that broader population yeah Get back in the gym, in the weight room, guys. Yeah, you know, you see it like you watch any like college football videos and you've got like 30 guys screaming around one guy doing this like crazy power clean. And so there's like that culture more in the US of lifting heavy weights, mm. especially in that style. And in Europe, we haven't got that same uh, culture. I don't know how we're going to change that. No, and I, I don't think, you know, it's not saying that European women aren't strong. They're like phenomenally strong. It's just that... And it's just that actually as a broader base, I think that the US is stronger. I think that's the thing. It's like when you take out with so many people, you know, you're going to like, uh, you're talking about like you know, hundreds of thousands of people and across that base, the US is stronger than say Europe or the other the other countries. As a coach, as the coach for Jacqueline and mm. for Ella and Moritz in particular, like looking at the data that they've got from their results what do you now decide to do do you change the programming for or, or change any of the 
goals depending on their results from the Open? Yeah, so, you know, working closely with uh, Chris as well, we really look through and decide what's what's appropriate. And this is why I said the data can be interesting. You know, if you think you're doing okay in something and it comes up in the Open, like, holy shit, I'm very far off where I thought I could be. You know, it gives you an interesting point of reference. Or you, and so I think that's it's useful to take it away. You know, you go, okay, well, I thought I was great at strict handstand push-ups. And it comes up, it goes, well, actually, you're not. You know, we've got it here in, in or, you know, whatever format that's in. So, so yes, it, it does allow us some kind of little reflection points that we wouldn't have had had we not had the open. Mm. Because, uh, you, um, because going back to, like, the giving 100% thing, if they hadn't done that, then you would have got different results anyway and they, so there's like that payoff isn't there between not trying to max out in the workout because it doesn't matter and then actually doing your best because it does matter yeah so you take it with a little bit of you know, pinch of salt or like you're not taking it like as true because an online test you don't know what other people are doing mm. the scenarios people repeating all those kind of things but it's at least a reference point and, you know, if you're finishing, like, you expect to finish top 100 in the world and you're finishing, like, 2,000, think, like, okay, there's, there's something. Yeah. Um, explain to me how you guys did the Open. Were you doing it all together every week or how did it – How did? because you did – obviously, you're doing it in the box yourself. Mm. But then for the old athletes, you were, you were all doing it at C23. So what yeah. day did you do it on? What kind of prep did you do? So we just decided to do it Saturday afternoon, purely logistics in the sense that the gym is quieter. So – they would train Friday normal and then Saturday was also Saturday morning. They'd have some form of training. And then we, when the gym got quiet, we'd just do the open there. And it, it's just logistics. Like there's no one in the gym, so it's easy to set everything up. You know, if you've got to work around a class and film, you know, some of the camera angles you need are really long. Mm. So that's why we just did it on Saturday and just one and done. There was no, you know, we weren't going to repeat even with a bad score. So that was, that was kind of our process. And taking... No, I mean, I'm assuming they're all going to go on to quarterfinals because, mm-hmm. you know, of what the kind of the level of athlete they are. What's the next step for you guys? What do you do now? Because quarterfinals is literally next week. Yeah, so I think if this gets released on Thursday, then it's in one week. Mm. So it's a quick turnaround. And quarterfinals is a lot more significant because we have a lot of athletes whose first goal is to make semis. And if your first goal is to make semis, then the quarters is like hugely significant. Like you're going to have to perform only 60. So in Europe, only 60 males, 60 females are going to go out of the thousands that that is. And um, and you can't have a bad score because if you have a one bad score, you're going to accumulate too many points and you're out. So, so this is kind of like a very big weekend and, and making it to semis again, like we talked about so on a higher level winning the open, but for a, on a, you know, on a lower level, but it's still significant is going to semis, you know, mm. like have you been to semis as a CrossFit athlete? And that's something you can answer yes or no to. So it's very much a, a marked um, result in an athlete's career. So it's a big thing. And, um, and so for, you know, for the athletes who, who want to optimise it, it's important they kind of peak towards quarters. I mean, the, how? what's the process for that in, in, in an individual athlete would be, it's almost too late to work on weaknesses now, isn't it? Yeah, you know, because we're basically a week out. So there's only so much weakness work you can do. And, and, and you also don't know necessarily what's going to be happening. So you're kind of, 
optimizing, making sure that the you know they're moving well, resting well, recovered, while still getting kind of the you know like an effective amount of training in, mm. meaning that you know you don't want to kill them in these two weeks, but they still need to be going through that training stimulus. Some athletes who will make it semis without worrying too much will still be going on like a normal training cycle. But if you're worried about making semis, then you need to factor it in like a kind of like a peaking competition. Yeah. Have you got any tips for people that might be feeling anxious or nervous about doing it and in the actual pressure of the of the performance? I know I, I think a lot to be said for kind of enjoying the pressure. You know, it's, there's in terms of like, you know, you're kind of feeling alive and that's why you're doing it. That's why you've been training to put yourself in that position to to be there. So I, I think a part of reframing can be important. You know, like you're standing on the start line, three, two, one's about to go. And it's like, actually, you've earned that moment to be nervous. You know, mm. you've kind of earned the opportunity to be nervous. And uh, I, I actually, I've been playing golf uh, since I got back off all the travels. I've been playing golf more and uh, a friend on the island. And we put like, uh, we upped our money game. On, you're betting uh, yeah we bet you know uh, they got like quite a lot of money oh yeah enough for lunch enough for lunch you know there's like in total on a game now over the 18 holes like 100 euros available you know, oh. so it's significant okay but you have to do extremely well to get to that you know we're very similar levels so one goes back and forth but anyway you know you kind of feel that when you hit your shots, you hit your pressure, you know, you can only imagine when someone's putting for 18 million, mm-hmm. you know, what the, <laughs> uh, what that does. And, and I think it's like being able to enjoy that moment that actually, you know, you, you really care about something and how it goes. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, there's, there's lots of strategies for dealing with pressure and stress, but I think reframing could be a useful one, uh, especially for those who are going to quarters, you know, like kind of enjoying that moment, enjoying those nerves because they don't happen that often and actually as an athlete your career ends up being very shorter than than you might think because you know you can only compete at a certain level for so long mm. so a small portion of your life yeah so enjoy it enjoy it while you can really mm. okay so um let's talk about how you guys are going to do quarterfinals you've got mm. moritz coming over so Is moritz will be here going to have like a competition vibe going on in c23 yeah, it's, it's more just supporting the athletes to do what they want to do. So we're not going to go like big competition vibe. Um, but we're just going to like, you know, if, if an athlete wants to go together, they go together. If they want to go single, they go single. It's really just making sure that everything's set up and done for them. Because, you know, it's a, you know, marking all the lines, making sure the cameras are there, backup cameras, making sure that the judges, all, all these things take so much time mm. and stress for an athlete. So we just want to optimize that. And then... You don't have much options. There's been talk of how they're going to do quarters in the sense of like you can only do, they're going to release the workout so you can only do two a day. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Then on the games website, it says they release all the workouts at once. So I don't know which is correct. Oh. But um, in theory, if it is this only two workouts released per day, then it's fairly straightforward. You know, there's not much um, strategizing you can do. Last year's quarters, people were like, some time zones also have an advantage. Yeah. So, for example, you know, say you find out the workouts at 7 o'clock or 5 o'clock, wherever it is, you can do it that evening. Mm. But we find out at 9 o'clock, so we're going to have to do it the next day. And obviously, if you get to have a do one workout, have a full night's rest, do the next workout, you will be more recovered than having a break during the day. Now, how much of a significant impact does that have? 
hard, very hard to say. It is minor. Um, but, you know, these little things, this is why online competitions are uh, more challenging to have a fair base, basically. Mm. I just had a flashback about when we did quarterfinals in uh, 2021. Yeah. And uh, the, and the stress and the difficulty and the, it was so many athletes all trying to get through. Yeah, so it's going to be first, a little bit more controlled. Yeah, more controlled. It was also the first. I think that was the first year they had quarterfinals, mm. so you didn't necessarily know the level. So you know, we were prepared. We had no idea yeah. what it was going to be like. But anyway, we. Yeah, you're right. It was. Um, we focused a bit more on it because it was the first time it was being done and we didn't know necessarily what to expect. So mm. we wanted to make sure we were prepared. I remember thinking that I didn't ever want to become a professional athlete at that yeah. point because it was a really difficult weekend for everybody. Yeah, at that moment we had a lot of athletes. You know, we probably had like 12 or something mm. athletes here who were all at that semi-level yeah. uh, going through. Yeah, so it was intense. So talking about athletes and intensity though mm. we also do have to talk about the crown yeah do you want to tell me a bit more about it now are you going to reveal i can reveal let's hear it so, i don't know <laughs> yeah so we're we're inviting five male athletes under 21 and five female athletes under 21 all of them have been previous team game athletes and they're from all over the world from the u.s from all over europe so everyone's going to kind of be coming together and we've got like an epic finca, as it's known in uh, in Spain and Spanish, but basically like an epic uh, village country house where all the athletes will be staying together and they'll be going through a series of events. So it's a competition in the sense that there will be a winner. But the main thing we want to try and develop is actually the experience for the athletes and, and be able to showcase their abilities and what they're able to do. And it's going to be like a bit more of an immersive experience, basically. Can you give me any idea about the events? The workouts, any elements that you might um, be utilising in this uh, natural paradise that we live in? Yeah, so we will be utilising the elements quite a lot. Mm. We're going to really make use of the island. Um, so we've got a few like uh, scheduled locations where we're going to be. We're going to be using the sea, we're going to be using the sand, we're going to be using the mountains. So we've kind of got all those elements in. We're also going to be using you know, classic gym location doing it we're going to have like uh within the competition is also what we call like a mini series within there so there's like going to be some like kind of fun little twists to the competition that people don't usually see and since we had all the kind of the change in in direction with the crown uh i'm very excited for for this and i, I think the athletes are gonna love it basically and you guys have got uh, Nike and GoWod as your main sponsors, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's super cool, you know. And and both brands very much have this kind of vision of supporting the next generation, and that's really what the Crown is about. They want to see like uh, the next generation come through and do well, and and that's really the you know if we kind of boil it all down to why we started this thing it's it's about that mm. so it's nice to have brands that um that are supporting that vision how are people going to watch this how are we going to be able to uh, like get it out to to people that want to enjoy the competition um so we're actually gonna have a lot of post-production uh we're going to do a full series on it um i'm giving like a bit more of an in-depth look as to what's happening in the event so you know it's not going to be your classic kind of like streamed event um, it's going to be more a bit, uh, a bit raw, basically. Raw. Raw. 
Raw in the sense of... I just suddenly thought tears. <laughs> oh, no. So it's, it's not like a uh, you know, scripted mm. event, but we want to give a little bit of like... So that, that word showcase, I think, is important. Showcasing what the athletes can do, showcasing the island, showcasing all of those things. And so we really want to make sure that the, the cinematography, the, the documenting of that is really on point. And, and so we want to create something special in that in that series to showcase it to the world because you know we want to showcase the athletes abilities but you know if it's only me there watching them they're not really like showcased to the world no and so that's an important aspect of what we're doing is the uh, the media around it as well so i mean the, the actual competition is going to be held over the weekend of easter yes so athletes would arrive on a wednesday and stay through to a monday and then from thursday to sunday there'll be events happening and will we release each day actual anything that people can follow along, or is it all going to be after the event? No, we'll be we'll be giving some uh, teasers through the the weekend as well. So there will be um, there will be like uh, updates type of thing. Mm. We're still uh, debating if we release the the kind of scoring and the winners through that, or we kind of hold that back for the series. But so there's a few little details in terms of this kind of like. Uh, concept we're working through but but yes we will be showcasing the events they do them um and then kind of capturing the footage for for what happens after have you got all the athletes confirmed now yeah we have all 10 athletes so we can release their names can we do some interviews with them yeah cool i guess it'd be kind of exciting to see what they've got what they think they're going to be doing yeah exactly (laughs) do you think they know about miorca i mean apart from through Um, our efforts yeah well you know i think that's I think the cross. I would say the CrossFit world knows about Mallorca, mm. and you know, in large part because of what we've done. You know, the main part because of what we've done. You know, we've run camps here since 2015, and we've we've brought you know the world's best athletes here year on year. So I'd be surprised if there's like a competitive CrossFit athlete who doesn't know about Mallorca in Europe. You know, the states, <laughs> the yeah. states is its own beast, but uh, but definitely from Europe. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's going to be uh, interesting to be to be part of this. Yeah, I don't exactly know what I'm doing, but I think some some sort of mother figure, tissue holder, bin bag d- um, depositor, that sort of person. I believe that that might be my role. Yeah, we have to have uh, we have a uh, like a, a media brief soon as well to yeah. go through all the details. Manu's going to be very busy. Yeah, you know we make money, make money work. You know. Yeah, earn your rent, mate. <laughs> Manage. I enjoy it though. So, anything else to tell me? No, I think that's that's more or less up to date. You know, like you say, it's quick turnaround to quarters. Mm. Once we we know uh, from quarter semis, we have kind of our semi final athletes, and that begin the next stage of the season. And really, in season, there's not much more that happens outside of that. Like, no, no athletes go off to, or none of our athletes go off to do like external events, and we're focused on on making it through the games. So they've got like. 10 weeks after quarterfinals until Berlin. In essence, yes. Mm. And quite a lot can be done in that 10 weeks, can't it? Yeah. Yes, it can. You know, like a lot can change in that 10 weeks, depending on what you focus on Mm. and where you go through. Well, I guess I'll see you in the gym next weekend. I'll come along and cheer. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll be there all weekend. (laughs) (laughs) With your tape and your tape measure. Yeah. Okay, thanks, John. Thank you. Thanks, John. Time to get ready for the quarterfinals. Next up, I'm speaking to a CrossFit OG, Ms. Samantha Briggs. I can't wait. Until then, thanks for listening.
and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.